I'm Krati Mehra and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Goals. This is episode number 27 with the hosts of Almost 30 podcast, Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. I am so excited about this episode. Almost 30 is one of my favorite podcasts and Krista and Lindsay are people I have greatly admired. I have always loved their candor. They've been so open about their stories, which is not easy. And I've also immensely enjoyed their sometimes goofy and sometimes beyond profound conversations. And then there's their friendship. I mean, they share such an incredible chemistry. They're so in sync with each other. And I think in our cynical, competitive world, it just feels like a breath of fresh air. It just makes me happy. So I was thrilled to have them as guests on the show, and I got to learn so much from them. This episode has lots to offer for entrepreneurs creatives, people who struggle with vulnerability hangovers, people who want to be honest, open and authentic, but fear the judgment that may come their way. We talk about how to make difficult decisions in life, take on projects without letting external feedback consume us, the skills that can get us to the finish line, how to reach for more without jeopardizing what we already have, and lots more. And one of the reasons why I find Krista and Lindsay's story so inspiring, fascinating, and really just a great case study for entrepreneurs in progress is because their story is very grounded. I mean, we all love those stories where people rise from nothing. They go through extreme struggles to turn their dreams into reality. And those stories, of course, they're gut-wrenching and they fire us up. But Krista and Lindsay's story is it had its moments, in fact, long periods of struggle. And of course, they had to go through a lot as well to get to where they are now. But their story, to me at least, feels much more grounded, as I said, and massively relatable. Because so many of us are going through really very similar situations in our life. A lot of us are looking to create lives that are in alignment with our core beliefs. We are looking for meaning and not just the kind of success that shows up on your bank statement or your social life. We want more than that. You may have entrepreneurial aspirations, but the dream is to create more than a business. You want to make an impact that hopefully makes the world just a little bit better. So I think during our conversation, Krista and Lindsay answered a lot of the questions that a budding entrepreneur may have or may struggle with. And now if you're not already familiar with Almost 30 Podcast, it has over 400 episodes and more than 20 million downloads. Almost 30 has been hailed as the best wellness podcast to listen to right now by Covertor and nominated for best wellness podcast and best spirituality podcast by iHeartRadio. It is the go-to place for heart-centered, honest, deep, and sometimes goofy conversations. One of the reasons why I love it so much. This show talks about everything from modern spirituality to health and wellness, entrepreneurship to mental health, relationships to self-improvement. Basically, anything and everything that can help you live meaningful, happy, healthy lives. Almost 30 also hosts life-changing events and retreats, as well as provides courses, workbooks, and programs to assist in your spiritual and emotional evolution. Now, for the hosts of the show, Krista Williams, along with being the co-founder of Almost 30, 
Krista is also the creator of It's Krista, which provides an honest take on health, wellness, spirituality, and style. She has been named as one of the best bloggers to watch by Time Out magazine. And then there's Lindsay Simsek, the other half of this awesome duo. An innovator since birth, Lindsay began her career as an actress and singer in Boston and New York. Always a hustler, she has worked as a bartender, fit model, and a senior soul cycle instructor, among many other odd jobs. Both Krista and Lindsay are leading speakers on topics including entrepreneurship, modern spirituality, and personal development. They have been featured speakers at Pop Sugar, Playground, Create and Cultivate, Good Wellness Festival, Blog Her, and more. I truly enjoy creating this episode, and now I hope you'll enjoy listening to it and learning from it. So let's get started. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I am super duper glad to have you here. <laughs> oh, we're so grateful to be here. And yeah, I just, I, I'm so glad that we get to see each other's faces. I know, same. These things, you know, you're so beautiful. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Thanks for having us. Excited to be here. Thank you so much. I have been a huge fan of your show, of course, but like the rest of your audience, I've also really enjoyed getting an insight into your story, how you make your choices, your process. And today, I'm of course going to learn as much as I can from and about your journey. Uh, but I would love to start with any moment from your life where you felt like, this is it. This is the beginning of the rest of my life. Yeah, beautiful. I love the I love the question. And um, so for us, you know, we found purpose in really unexpected ways and really trying a lot of different things. Um, so Lindsay and I were both, you know, not podcasters before. She was more so in entertainment and she was a soul cycle instructor and actress. And I was in, you know, the corporate world. So I held different jobs within the corporate world and marketing and consulting and events. And I was destined or I was like just so obsessed with finding a purpose or feeling like I was making a difference or feeling like you know, I had an impact on life. I would not rest until I had that. So what I did to, to eventually find my purpose was I tried a lot of different things. So I tried blogging. I tried um, having a tour company. I tried um, a lot of different other little things on the side when I had multiple jobs. And I really just made sure to explore and to always, you know, um, just seek outside. And when I found Lindsay, it was really at my lowest point where I had moved to Los Angeles. I had quit my full-time job to pursue blogging full-time. So I've had a blog for a long time and I thought that was going to be my future. Um, and I really wanted to go for it. I kept listening to podcasts and things that said, you know, if you have a dream, you need to chase it. You got to quit your job and, and do the thing. So when I met Lindsay, I'd been trying to blog for a few months and it wasn't really working and I was getting myself in a lot of debt and I had to eventually nanny and I served for quite some time in Los Angeles. But when I met Lindsay, I felt like this relief because we were having really deep, meaningful conversations about our lives and the way that they were turning out and feeling like we were meant to do more and we were meant for more, but we weren't living it. So we would just show up really vulnerably and authentically and honestly, and um, we would talk offline. And eventually I said to Lindsay one day, you know, do you think we could start a podcast? And, you know, she said, yes, she's always down to do a creative project. And um, we started to record on our closet floors for about seven months, just really sharing from our heart and figuring out life together. And eventually we launched Almost 30. 
Um, and, you know, we had to work for two years at our full-time jobs while we grew almost 30. Uh, we worked nights, weekends, you know, sometimes I'd work during my lunch breaks. And we really just made it our priority to really chase this passionate dream that we had and this love that we had for connecting and for creating. And eventually, you know, we realized that this was part of our purpose. You know, this expression with this almost 30, although it was challenging at times to work a full-time job and pursue the side hustle, had eventually really fulfilled us enough to be called one of our purposes. And we started this during our, our Saturn return. So, you know, for your listeners out there who are transitioning from that period, from your 20s to your 30s, late 20s, there's usually like an event or something that really kind of makes you look at parts of your life and identify what's working and what's not. It's it's a very serious time in terms of like needs to be taken seriously. So for me, like it was the move to Los Angeles that really kind of started um, a, a momentum I hadn't felt before. Um, and it's just really interesting if you are going through that time to recognize that there are some really like cosmic and um, emotional and other shifts happening that are are very purposeful, you know? So I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, I'm like, wow, that was just a really momentous uh, decision to move across the country, which led me to meeting Krista, which led us to starting Almost 30. Amazing. When you are making all of those changes to your life and you're making all of these big decisions that, you, and obviously you don't know how this is going to pan out, how, you know, where you're going to end up even six months down the line. How do you not let the chaos get on the, on top of you? How do you control yourself from getting overwhelmed? You know, they say, if you can't control your emotions, someone else will. And I've always found that to be profound because, you know, when I wasn't in control of my own experience, uh, which I've been able to cultivate through my meditation practice, um, either it was a boyfriend or it was an ex-boyfriend or it was friends or it was a boss, that was really, I felt like, in control of my experience in life. Um, so when we started the podcast, I eventually got a full-time job that we had for those two years. And I was in sort of this situation with my boss where I just felt like I was completely out of control of my emotions. And I realized that if I was going to go anywhere in life, I need to be the the director or the lead of my emotional experience. Um, and so the way that we sort of stayed out of that chaotic feeling or that chaotic state is by focusing on what we can do that day or that week. Um, we never looked at the podcast and thought, okay, so how are we going to build a team or how are we going to you know do this or how are we going to do that? We really because of our full-time jobs, could only focus on what was like immediately in front of us. Um, we had dreams, we had visions, we had goals, but by just focusing on, okay, we have to get out the next episode or we have to we have to find the next guest that we feel passionate about or we have to create a website. So we should just create a login today. By taking things in smaller steps and not focusing so much on like the broad goals all the time, you really can focus more so on what you can do today rather than like getting overwhelmed by looking at the really, really big picture. So maybe focusing on the next steps instead of trying to, you know, visualize your entire life in those moments. Yes, 100%. I think just recognizing, you know, that, and this is hindsight 2020, but um, as, as I've like looked back on chaotic times in my life, just noticing what exactly it was pointing to. And it's usually not what you think. So um, whether it's in a relationship, uh, I had like a, a big breakup that just was kind of fiery and um, 
was drumming up a lot of shame. Um, but underneath that, I was in total misalignment in that relationship. And so it showed up as chaos because I had spent a lot of time ignoring it. And so oftentimes I think that's what chaos can be is that like final push to just be like, Hey, uh, you have not been paying attention to this thing. Your soul's just like, it's time now. It's time to be truthful. It's time to say what you mean. It's time to take care of yourself. Um, so it's, you know, I think it's also a matter of working with it and knowing that, um, one, it will pass and two, it might be an opportunity to, to heal a part of you. Okay. So maybe not trying to plan too far ahead or trying to control everything at once can be helpful. Yes. Now there are people in our life who want to have a say in the decisions we are making. And when that happens and when those people are not on the same page and they're not seeing what you're seeing in your future, how do you allow them to have a space in your life, have a say, without letting it sway your decisions? Powerful. I always have to remember that anytime people are telling me how to do things, I know that nine times out of 10, it's from a place of love, but also it's their own projection of either what they would have wanted to do or their own just experience. And I have to remind myself that my experience is very specific to me. You know, they're not with me when I'm alone <laughs> or they're not with me every hour of the day. And so while I can honor and recognize that, oh, they care about me enough to share their feelings and perspectives, I also am my own gatekeeper. And so I want to make sure that I am not taking on uh, the projections of other people, even if they love me a lot. So it's just, it's been a, a process of discernment and trial and error because I definitely haven't always done that. But yeah, it's been much healthier for me. Yeah. And if we think in history too, at people that are like visionaries or, you know, game changers, I'm sure a lot of them weren't seen by their close circle as people that they thought, you know, were not crazy. I'm sure most of them were seen as crazy. Most of them were seen as different. And so if we think back in patternings of history, it's really normal if you're doing something that's different or if you're doing something that's like paradigm shifting that people think you're crazy or people think that you're, um, you know, going to lose it all or you're doing something that's out of the box. But if we were to live the life that each person that's close to us wanted to live, uh, for the most part, if we were living accordance to our family, we'd be living, you know, at home maybe. We'd be living down the street. We'd be like you know, just doing something super safe because they want to keep us safe because they're our parents. Um, if we were living in accordance to our childhood best friend, we'd probably be doing something else that was in alignment for them, but not in alignment for us. So as you get older and as you really explore ideas that you want to bring into the world or businesses you want to bring into the world, you have to prioritize your vision and your experience over anyone else. And I always suggest for people to not share ideas publicly for the first little while as they're percolating inside of our brains as they're sort of making their way through our systems. Because if we are sharing every single idea or concept with someone around us, then we have the opportunity to be swayed, to be disheartened, uh, to be thrown off track, and to really just fall victim to someone else's ideas or perceptions like Lindsay was talking about. So I'm a fan of keeping ideas close to us until we really know how we want to operate in the world with that idea, if we want to pursue it, if we don't, um, and focusing really on our expression in the world over anyone else 
spaces and just creating those boundaries with people. So that's not telling them about the idea or that's really just telling them when you know you're confident enough that you don't care what the response is or just maybe being mindful and saying like, hey, I'm really excited about this. I really want you to be supportive too. Can I share this with you? And just making sure you have that mutual agreeance with them that like this means something to you and you really want their support rather than their, than their criticism. That is a super useful tip because I think we all get super excited and we want everyone to jump on board. And then when people are not as excited, I think we suddenly lose that that exuberance for this whatever new idea we have. So maybe we establish boundaries with the people in our life. Yes. But like you juggled a lot of rejections before almost 30 happened for you. How do we not let the rejection change who we are? How do we, you know, keep that rejection from changing the the neck, how we embrace the next opportunity that follows. What I would say is, you know, you you have to let the rejection change who you are. I think that's part of the process is letting every rejection really change who you are in a way that allows you to be closer to what your purpose is. So I tried to be in the corporate world. I tried to do like the high heels consultant thing where you make a lot of money and you work with high level executives for a few years. And, you know, that wasn't it for me. So that essentially was a failure. You know, if you look at it where it's like, I wasn't necessarily fit for that. And I did a bunch of other jobs that I thought would, you know, be helpful for me or I thought would be it. And each of those failures, whether it was my jobs or side hustle was really helpful because it moved me closer to finding my purpose. So we are really a string of failures, or we could see it as a string of successes where each of the jobs I was in led me closer to this, or each of the jobs I was in, I really learned a lot about myself. And I really learned a lot about how I showed up in the world or how I can apply my learnings to my job. So our failures are actually almost more important to us than our successes because they show us more of what we want to create in the world or more of how we want to move in the world. And I think when we think about them as helpful in the journey and as a necessary part of the journey, we can kind of reframe what we think failures actually are. Okay. In moments of big decisions, how do we very honestly, with a lot of integrity, assess our resources in a way where we're not pushing ourselves just because this is something new that we want to try and we want, like you guys took your time with your podcast. Before that, you invested time doing all of this other other stuff. You didn't quit on your full-time jobs. Like you gave your, even though I know you guys were totally invested in what you were doing, you were loving it. I've read your stories and I know how emotionally invested you guys were in it. But despite that, you kept your feet on the ground. You didn't get like caught up in the moment. So how do you do that? How do you maintain that balance and always make sure that you're assessing your resources in the right way? Yeah, I think very early on, Krista and I realized that Almost 30 was more than just this like kind of creative project on the side. And so um, it was important to us to maintain an inner and outer balance by keeping our full-time jobs. So what that means is we were able to have a paycheck coming in from our jobs that would support us individually and allow us to keep creating in with almost 30 and not put pressure on almost 30 to make money out the gate. Something happens when you go all in on an idea and don't necessarily have a revenue stream yet. I think it suffocates it a bit and and just makes the and in doing so just kind of dissolves that creative spark because the stress of I need to make money, I need to make this successful or else what is going to happen? Like what what would that say say about me? Um 
just will overtake you. So it was important for us to really have that stability. And then also very early on, we realized that our full-time jobs were actually very, very useful in what we were building within almost 30. For example, I was a full-time soul cycle instructor. I was building community within every room that I taught in. I was um, on a mic. I was, you know, just able to express myself in this way within that particular um, arena. And it was really serving me as we started to find our legs within almost 30. And then Krista was in the corporate world and just had so much experience with client relations. So for our future partners with the podcast and strategy and just so much of the business side, she had um, intuitively and had learned for years, but was able to really bring it to the to almost 30 very early on. So you know, although it was hard, it was like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to like, yeah. you know, trick anyone. This was hard. We were working full-time jobs and starting a podcast. We were working nights. We were getting together on the weekends. We were working in between meetings. I was running to classes and then coming back to do interviews. Like it was hard. Um, but it's what we needed to do in order to build a sustainable brand and business that we really, really believe in. Right. Okay, that makes sense. And when you guys say that you took like seven months before you actually launched your podcast, were you trying to make the whole product perfect? Or were you just, you know, bracing yourself over actually putting it out there in the world? Why did you guys take that long? Because I cannot imagine you guys ever not being awesome at this. <laughs> Listen to the first episodes. Yeah, you'll you'll learn a lot about us. Uh, we actually recently, I think it was a few episodes, maybe a few months ago, we listened to our first episode again and reacted to it, which is really funny. Um, but, you know, I don't think we were doing it with the, the pure intention of like, we want to create the perfect thing or mm -hmm. we want to make this be the best we can. We really just wanted to you know, really figure out what we were doing. And I think for you and for anyone that has a podcast or anyone that has, you know, a side hustle, you're really learning a lot of new skills at one time. So Lindsay was learning production. She was learning how the recording equipment works, how microphones work. We were learning about levels. We were learning about programs. We were learning about RSS feeds. And there's just a lot of learning during that time. So we never, you know, wanted to offload all of our learning to other people. And we always wanted to figure it out ourselves. So we were doing that. And then, you know, because we truly loved what we were doing and we loved the conversation and we loved the learning, it never felt like we were, we were like holding it, you know, it never felt like we needed to rush. We didn't do it because we thought it was going to be big or we thought we were going to make a lot of money. We did it because we loved it. And so, you know, for anyone that has something they want to put out in the world, I would offer that, you know, if it's meant for you and this is a meant for your path and this is meant for, for your journey, it will happen no matter when you release it, no matter when you do it, because it's in God, it's in God's will, you know, rather than your own. And so we didn't want to make it perfect. We just really wanted to like take our time with it and put it out when we felt really good. So I recommend that for anyone. I, I definitely am someone that you should launch quickly if that feels in alignment for you. But if you're also someone that wants to take your time and really, you know, sit with something, then definitely take your time too. Okay. This is different from the advice that usually comes my way because people are always like, don't, don't wait, learn as you go, because otherwise you're just gonna, I, do you think it would have been different had you been doing it by yourself and you guys done it like individually? Yes. Uh, because yep. then I think procrastination, oh, sorry, sorry, please, please go ahead. 
No, I think I'm going to talk to what you were just speaking of too. And so, you know, our, my note isn't uh, to wait or my note isn't to not do, but Lindsay and I were doing every day. We were recording and we were practicing, but we didn't release it for a while. So it's not like, you know, we were taking days off or we were not actually in the creative process because we were very much in the vortex of doing. So I think that's the overall sentiment I want to get is that you should all be in the creative process of doing and in the vortex of creation, but it doesn't mean you need to put it out there, you know, until you feel completely ready. Um, and on the procrastination piece, I, I totally agree with you that procrastination, I think this is the sentiment you're going to say, is that procrastination can oftentimes be perfectionism in disguise or vice versa, where people aren't you know, confident enough in their work to put it out because they feel really good about it. So they end up procrastinating. I think that also can very much happen too. And, and maybe that was happening to us at the beginning. You know, maybe we weren't exactly confident and didn't know what was going on, but eventually, you know, we got the confidence and felt like, okay, we're ready to do this. And I think we knew too that we wanted to make sure that what we did put out, we felt good about and that it was content that would at least, you know, spark some, some interest and engagement with our audience that we had hoped would listen. And I say that because with podcasting, there's so many podcasts nowadays. And even back then there was a lot of podcasts, but we wanted to make sure that like, we were really, really in our hearts and like, I mean, you know, we were silly back then too, but just coming from a good place. And I think getting through some of the technical stuff allowed us to really ground down in that and not think so much about, you know, what could go wrong or what we were doing wrong. So we just needed that time because someone can listen to a podcast once and be like, and eh, now I'm over it and then never return to the show. So we wanted to make sure that we were at least putting something that, that we really loved and could stand by. And then we would improve over time by doing. That makes sense. And I have to say that, that while I'm very, very cautious about forming personal opinions about people I see online, because, you know, I always feel like you don't really know them. No matter how diligently you follow somebody's content, you don't really know the person behind the content. And you only know and see the pieces that they share with you. But still, there are times when you look at someone online and you just, you believe them. You feel like they're exactly who they're presenting themselves to be. And you guys, I have to say, uh, to me at least, you guys have always come across as very authentic. You've always shared all of yourself in your show, uh, which couldn't possibly be easy. So do you ever have this mental conversation where you go like, okay, I can show this much of myself to the world, but all of this I have got to hold back because it's too much or maybe you know you feel the need to exercise some caution? Love that question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, now it's pretty intuitive as far as what I share and what I don't. In the beginning, I shared a lot, a lot. I still share uh, quite a bit. But in the beginning, I was kind of willy nilly uh, sharing about some family stuff and just some personal things that made my personal relationships just a little bit interesting. So what I had to do was communicate more with those people. And then also just like be very intentional when I share. I don't want to share just for the sake of sharing or a shock factor or I, I want to make sure that I'm speaking from my heart and knowing that like by sharing that hopefully I'm helping people out there feel either less alone or um, just give them another perspective. Um, so I, I've just been very intuitive. Like I don't talk a ton about my relationship right now um, and that's like a choice. 
maybe I will more one day, but like, I just kind of pick and choose because I do love that feeling of having that, like that experience with someone and not sharing it so publicly. Like, and it's funny, like I'm reminded all the time, especially by my boyfriend. He's like, he's like, but you're, you're famous. And I'm like, but I'm not like, I don't associate with that, but like to someone who doesn't share their life online, have a podcast, share the, like, it is, it is quite wild for them to know that like I'm sharing every day online and on the podcast. And so I just have to remember that because I'm living it. I don't really think of it like that all the time. Yeah. I love that question. I think it's, I just, and I also really receive and appreciate you seeing that in us. You know, we, I take that seriously now that we've been in this space of, um, the world that we're in, you know, being a public figure, that there are people that aren't necessarily who they are to be online as they are in person. So now that we've experienced that contrast, I really appreciate that in us, that we really are ourselves as much as we can be. And I think, you know, the same as Lindsay, just using as much discernment. And I've had to learn by making mistakes, by talking about things that were too personal to me and other people, and then really figuring out like, okay, what is it in my right to say and express? And I just focus on my own experience and what I can speak to that I'm personally involved with that doesn't involve other people. Um, but there's been times where I felt less authentic to myself and more authentic. And so I think people ebb and flow in life. And really, we just always try and move to being a more authentic expression, however that feels. This is really helpful because I think we relate to people who are more authentic. And that's one of the reasons why bloggers were loved as much as they were initially. Uh, because I think celebrities, actors, actresses, they always came across as a little too perfect. But now I think even the influencers, bloggers, on Instagram at least, they seem to be appearing somewhat removed from ordinary life. They seem to be appearing a little too perfect. So I think we all appreciate it when someone is so authentic, honest, and open about their life. So this is helpful. And you guys really, I think you've always had very inclusive conversations. And like I said, it always feels like, as a listener, it always feels like your audience is hanging out with you and not listening to two people who have way more experience or knowledge on the subject than they do. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Uh, and in this journey, as we've been discussing, you guys have made some pretty big moves. So what are some of the skills that have helped you along the way that, that you would recommend to others who are on a similar path? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, practicing and cultivating a mindset of mindfulness and of consciousness is really important. And I think, you know, those terms are, it's probably a little hard to understand for people, but, you know, if you are able to be really thoughtful about the way you show up in the world and how you operate in certain situations so that you can focus on being yourself and always coming back to yourself and knowing that you are the person that is in charge of your life and in charge of your decisions. I think that's really helped me where, you know, we could get distracted by shiny objects, by opportunities, by different things. We always have to come back to our hearts and really determine what is best for us, not just what looks good or what would validate us or what would be like, you know, something that would be supportive of our ego. Um, I think if everyone would do a little bit more self-inquiry as to why they are the way they are, looking at ourselves not from a non-judgmental perspective, it would really help us all show up more authentically and be able to make decisions that were more in alignment with ourselves rather than our ego. I was just going to add, and it's kind of similar, but I just, I always kind of felt self-conscious about the fact that I wanted to spend time by myself. And now I realize that it's actually something that really, really helps me to 
remember how I feel, what I think, and how I really want to approach, you know, certain things. And um, it just allows me to kind of quiet down any mental chatter. It allows me to um, come back to my body. And I just think that's helped me in business too. Um, We're around a lot of people all the time, which is such a blessing. Like we get to meet the coolest people. I get to work with my best friend. Like we have an incredible team, but I also just have to take that time. So if, if alone time scares people, I think that's probably a sign that there's something there for you. Um, and alone time could even just be like, you know, laying on the couch, like having your favorite snack and, and just kind of being, you know, I don't want to like prescribe too much doing in that time, but I don't know. I think we're so stimulated by social media, our phones, all these things. And it's, it's just been very, very important that I do that on a daily basis. And you shared on your podcast that you always force yourself to be an extrovert because, um, well, that's what you, that's who you have to be considering what you do. So the fact that you love your solitude, is it a quality that you cultivated to tone down the effects of that forced extroversion or is it just who you've been your whole life? Yeah, I think I always have. I've always like enjoyed just being by myself. Um, I think I just haven't always owned it. You know, I think that I've experienced, it like kind of makes people feel uncomfortable sometimes. Um, and even from like a young age, I just like my mom would like take videos of me like from far away. And I'd just be like, just doing my thing, just by myself, making up a world like, you know, so I think it's always, always been there. Okay. So you recommend taking time away from the world and enjoying solitude. Krista, you talked about being more mindful. And on one of your episodes uh, last month, I think you both talked about constantly checking in with each other to make sure that you're on the same page. So out of all the methods you've recommended, which ones do you use to make sure that you are still on the right path individually and as a team, and you're still doing what speaks to your soul and not getting sucked into doing whatever gets you more audience or more traction? Yeah, I love that question. And um, I was thinking about it, you know, uh, recently, and I'm like, I'm kind of feel like a little, like I'm in a bumper car sometimes where it's just like, kind of driving along on your journey of life and you bump up against something and you're like, oh, I need to go a little bit left. And you bump up against something, you're like, oh, I need to go a little bit the other way so that we can have these opportunities in life just to push us in the direction of where we need to go. So that for Lindsay and I is maybe a conversation on the phone with a potential person, guest, partner, you know, something in business. And maybe we leave that call and we're like, you know what, that didn't feel like it was a good fit for us. And that's a little bumper car bump to go a little bit to the left. Or maybe it's um, doing something or saying something where a few days later, we're like, oh, that didn't feel like it was authentic to the real me. It felt like it was more of a reaction. So that's a bumper car to the right. So we just try and you know use life as like these opportunities and guides to get us on the right track, whether it's a big bump or a crash where it's like, we're completely off track where we need to be. And we need to like have a crash to wake us up or if it's just a little bump to get us on track. But, you know, there's a lot of opportunities. Everything in life can be an opportunity to evaluate how we're showing up if we really see it that way. But we try and not take anything seriously where it's like, oh, that felt weird or that was off or, you know, that was not as successful as we wanted and just kind of see it as data collection rather than like a full definition of who we are and how we show up. Okay. For, I think people who are in creative fields, we are constantly getting feedback. 
even if you're not actively seeking it, because creative expression is so open and vulnerable. But for people who are not in the creative field, how can they assess themselves and make sure they're on the right track and following a part of growth, but also doing something that nurtures their soul? I think everyone's creative. Um, And so whether your career allows you to be that creative or not, I I think that's that's what I can speak to. if you do not find yourself being creative in your job, I think it's a responsibility to your soul to find ways in which you can express yourself. So it could be, you know, painting on the weekends. It could be um, getting together with like a writing group and having accountability there. Um, It could be anything, but I do think it's really important to have a creative practice if you're not able to exercise that in your daily day-to-day job. Um, And I also would say like there are ways to maybe infuse what you do at work with some of your creative gifts, you know, like I think we forget that we become so burdened by the nine to five and being in the corporate world, but it's actually, you know, really beautiful if you're able to, you know, maybe bring an idea to your team that brings them outside of the box and bring their creative gifts into the fold and you're able to create something totally new for your company or a new initiative. And that might bring you so much joy. So I just, I want to remind everyone, you are creative. You are a creator in every single moment you are creating. Um, but if you want to create a practice, I would highly recommend and, and having discipline around that practice so that you can be s- consistent and it can feed you in a way that like sustains you through those moments where you feel less expressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I would say too, you know, for, for the situation at work when, you know, I remember that being in a corporate, being in the corporate experience and having to wait for the review or, you know, the promotion. And I think people can take a lot more of a proactive approach than we think, you know, as a manager of people now, Lindsay and I both manage our team. It is my dream for someone to ask for feedback or advice before we prompt it. And I think for a lot of managers, they would love that as well. So I think we can actually get a lot of feedback and advice if we just seek it out. And then I knew another practice, um, Mm -hmm. asking for anonymous feedback from five people that you really care about and asking for like your growth opportunities, asking for maybe some gaps that you see. And this is a very advanced technique, you know, advanced technique to ask people for anonymous feedback about how you show up in the world. But I've heard that that sort of methodology really provides people with like insight into their blind spots that maybe people that love them that are close to them potentially see. So that's another method you could potentially do if someone's looking for feedback that's not, you know, in a structure that provides them a lot of feedback. But again, like Lindsay said, like life is a constant feedback. You know, everything that we really experience is like feedback essentially. Beautiful. And did you ever feel the need to build a safe zone for yourself so that the feedback you're getting or the voices around you, people who may not necessarily care about you, but have an opinion about what you do, the choices you're making in your life, did you ever feel the need for a safe zone where you can actually filter what you're taking in? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, we we kind of did that in small increments where, um, as an example, like for reviews on iTunes, you know, we don't really read our reviews. We are, you know, thankful for kind reviews, but just kind of that information. Sometimes you don't need to see it. So don't review the, don't read reviews. Don't always review, read comments. Don't always read DMS and really just provide our own like safety and filter for what we're doing. Because, you know, people that have feedback, it's really beautiful. And we receive nice uh, information about 99% of the time, but 
you know, there is, there are people that have a lot to say about what you do, no matter who you are. So just providing that barrier with social media or reviews or anything like that, where we are not consuming that we're just focused on the creating. And then for family, you know, I've never, not never, but at a very young age, I sort of ejected myself from being really caring about what my parents thought of me. So I don't really have that per se, but I've known what it felt like to let them down. And I've known what it felt like to not be something that they wanted me to be. And that really just guided me to more of being myself and more focused on how, what I'm going to create and cutting away any of the noise. And um, for the other entrepreneurs out there, because blogging, be it blogging, be it any entrepreneurial project, I think it can be a little isolating yes. because you you tend to yeah become very like super focused and then you sort of tune out the rest of the world. Sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes that's just what you choose to do. For me, I've always been, uh, you know, something of a loner. So I was encouraged by the chemistry that you do share to collaborate with other people, to find like-minded people. So for people out there who do that, who tend to, you know, turn themselves into an island and they don't reach out, they don't ask for help, what would you tell them, like, with your experience, how do you think this experience would have been different had you been, had you gone at it by yourself? And what benefits there are to collaborating with someone? And what do you, like, I'm sure there are things that you need to be careful of when you choose a partner. Like you guys are best friends. You guys must have had something. Something must have spoken to you. Like Crystal, you reached out to Lindsay. There must have been a reason for it. So any on that note, anything you guys can share to encourage people to reach out to others, collaborate more and ask for help. Love that. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we say this a lot, but I don't think you're meant to start a business with just anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and I share a ton together. We share money. We share um, business decisions. We sh- we just share a lot, like a lot, a lot. And so if you want to start a business with a friend, just know that that's a whole other dynamic that is going to enter your personal relationship and could complicate things if you do not have the support set up to mediate that. You know, we have a coach, we go to therapy, we make sure that we are fully supported individually and together in order to be able to navigate both the dynamics of business and just like friendship, you know, and I think the business is so um, beautifully consuming that sometimes we forget like, hey, how are you doing? Like, how are you feeling? What's going on in your life? And so, you know, in the past year or more, we've just been really good about that, having check-ins outside of work. And then also like taking each other's temperature emotionally within the business. Like, how are you feeling with the workload? Like, can I support you in anything? Or how are you feeling about the team? This, that, the other thing. So uh, communication is so, so key, even when it's hard, even when you don't necessarily want to express how you're feeling because you're worried about how it will affect the dynamic. It will, it, it might be hard in the moment, but it's helped us to establish just a more, um, trusting connection um, and I think has made our business better. Um, So as an entrepreneur, you know, because you're doing something that's essentially different in itself, you're doing or working on an idea or business that not everyone else supports or understands, which we've talked about previously, you feel alone just in that sense. And then also for the fact of you really have to be a self-starter and create your own schedule and, you know, build your own momentum and figure out your own workflow in itself. So it is really important that creatives or entrepreneurs or people that have their own businesses 
lean on each other. You know, as much as I did that when I was in the corporate world, my coworkers were my everything. They were like my support system. They were my, you know, people. We have to do that as entrepreneurs and we have to support each other in our creative expressions because, you know, when I meet someone that has their own passion or purpose within their business or within their expression in the world, I feel that connection immediately and I feel less alone. So it's so important that people feel less alone and having, you know, collaborators or giving yourself the confidence and permission to do projects and uh, things with people is just really important. Awesome. I hope people would take, make note of that when they're, you know, feeling isolated. Hopefully they'll reach out to someone for help. Okay, now any resources you would recommend that can help people make better decisions or, you know, just generally do better at life? I just, this is like kind of cheesy, but like we forget that like we are such a resource for so much information. And so while there are books and podcasts, um, and I just can't think of any right now to recommend, like I, I sometimes forget that like I hold a lot of the answers that I am seeking and I just have to slow down and or create a safe container of sorts in order to hear it and access it. So whether that's meditation or maybe that's a really deep morning practice or maybe that's breath work. Breath work is a resource I would absolutely recommend to people. It's you know, it's a free breathing is free. Um and just has helped me access so many, so many things, healing and clarity and it's just been really, really powerful. So um yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, I think journaling is a great resource. You can connect with yourself. I think really connecting with journaling. Meditation has been the game changer for me. Um, I love Tara Brock. It's C-A-R-A and then Brock, E-R-A-C-H, for really profound meditations. And I would just say to try a lot of things, listen to a lot of podcasts, and explore a lot of different methodologies and books, and just see what resonates with you. You know, I've read spiritual books that I didn't feel like resonated with me, but other people really loved and I've resonated with spiritual books that not a lot of people love and then also almost 30 uh, yeah, of course of course that goes without saying uh, and before I let you guys go just one final question if there was just one tip only one tip and nothing else you could add to it one tip you could give to your audience to help them make it, you know be better at life what would that one tip be I would say to take your rest as seriously as you do your work um, to just really prioritize rest, prioritize alone time, prioritize sleep, prioritize quietness. Um, I would say pour into the relationships that really matter to you. Um, I think life can move so quickly and we can get caught up so much in the doing that we take for granted the relationships in our life. And I do believe that like God brings us people for just a multitude of really powerful reasons. And so if I'm not there to experience it or really pouring into the relationship, like then, yeah, I just feel like I'm missing out on, on a gift from God. So um, that's been really important to me. So that was Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek of Almost 30 Podcast. I'm so glad to have had them on the show. If you want the list of resources mentioned in this episode, you can get it on my website, search for the podcast episode, and there should be a list of resources and links for you to explore. And if you want to get in touch with our guest, the page will have all their relevant information. Now, if you found today's episode useful, please rate and review the show on iTunes or share it on Instagram. It will help others find the information should they need it. Remember to tag me at mehra underscore krapi 
so that I can thank you for your time. And if there is any particular issue or concern you would like for me to cover on the show, reach out to me on Instagram or use the contact page on my website. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Till then, please do take care of yourself. Thank you.